Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. Have thoughts on what we should cover in a future episode? Let us know on Twitter at, at Cisco Champion. All right, so today we are going to dive in to the DevOps persona with campus network programmability and integrations using Cisco DNA Center. The champions are going to help us uncover what is possible with the APIs, and we'll have a look at the power of some of the existing integrations with Cisco products and other popular enterprise applications. Uh, let's get to know our cast. We're very robust cast here. Happy to see all your faces. Jose, we are going to start with you. Who are you, my friend? Hey, I'm Jose Ogarin. I'm the head of engineering at Altus. We're a Cisco partner based in San Jose, Costa Rica, focused on programmability, basically. All right. Liam, you're up next. Uh, my, name, my name is Liam Keegan. I uh, work for 24-7 Networks out of Denver, Colorado. I, uh, my, my career has been sort of running a Cisco partner, but also as a, a solutions architect. So I, I, I sort of touch a lot of verticals. And one of my big interests is uh, automation and programmability. All right. Michael, what do you do? I'm Michael van Klei. I work for a, a fairly large far in the Netherlands uh, near Rotter Rotterdam. Um, I specialize in designing and deploying uh, both ACI and SDA networks. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, mvanklei underscore nl, which will be in the show notes. Yes, it will. All right. Gabby and Shai, so glad to have you with us here today. Um, can you tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco? Yeah, so I'll go first. Uh, Gabby Zapodano, I'm a technical marketing engineer uh, with the Cisco DNS Center platform, APIs and integrations. Uh, my background, I'm a network engineer for 20 years. Uh, during the last maybe six, close to seven years now, I switched from a little bit more uh, network focus to software. I uh, had a few different roles within Cisco. Uh, all of them focused on uh, APIs and uh, how to really build programs, how to help network engineers learn how to use APIs and uh, all the capabilities we have with different platforms. I am Shai Silverman. I am the product uh, manager for DNA Center on the go-to-market team. Uh, this is really exciting. This is my first episode uh, doing a CCR from the Cisco side of the table. Uh, I recently joined Cisco. Uh, previously, I uh, was director of network services at San Jose State uh, University using DNA Center quite a bit. Uh, and it's a pleasure to be here. Nice to have you back, Shai. We missed you. Good to be here. Um, so why don't you kick us off? Like, what exactly are we talking about today? What do you think we need to know to have like a really good conversation for the next 30 to 45 minutes? Sure. Uh, we've had various episodes about Cisco DNA Center, and uh, Cisco DNA Center has a lot of uh, different functionalities uh, and purposes that are used by different customers. Uh, we've we've seen DNA Center, and we talked about features relating to network visibility, observability insights, a lot of automation, uh, zero trust, and today we're going to focus on programmability. Uh, the focus I want to bring and talk about today is recently Gartner uh, defined a couple of IT personas. Uh, and it's 
far as the context of DNA center networking, uh, they named uh, AIOps, NetOps, SecOps, uh, and DevOps as the personas. Uh, to put this in a little bit of context, I mean, AIOps is really the AI-driven visibility, observability, insights, and, and troubleshooting uh, in order to see the health uh, of both, uh, not just the infrastructure, but really kind of give uh, user and application centricity as well, leveraging the artificial intelligence and machine learnings. Uh, the NetOps persona, uh, we've been doing this for many years. That's how we've been managing networks. Uh, but uh, within DNA Center, we've been really focusing on how do we add a, a lot of automation to simplify the, the maintenance of the network and, and do more with less. Uh, SecOps speaks for itself. I mean, this is the security-driven uh, efforts. Uh, we've inject, injected a lot of AI-driven security to classify endpoints and enforce uh, zero-trust security. But what's really exciting today, and I think there's a huge need for it, is really the DevOps persona. Uh, the DevOps persona is really where uh, we, we're starting to look at network programmability, look at network as a software. Uh, and, and this is just a, a huge demand. And, and it's not just about the programmability here, but it's also about uh, how we integrate DNA Center uh, into a lot of other key enterprise tools uh, to kind of bring this together. Uh, so it's really kind of about like not just APIs, but we have some closed integrations with Cisco products, uh, but also just completely simplify and streamline the ecosystem integration. Uh, and with that, I'd like to hand out to uh, to Gabi to kind of talk talk a little bit about the uh, his perception of DevOps before we move into questions. Thanks, Shai. Uh, so yeah, the, I think what's core for what we have from a Cisco Data Center. Uh, point of view is the platform. That's how we enable uh, network engineers, how we enable developers, how we uh, make available a lot of the features and capabilities that are available with Cisco DNA Center to be consumed uh, via API. So we, we have different components that are uh, core for the Cisco DNA Center platform. Uh, first are the northbound REST APIs. We have probably about close to 400 APIs now on the Cisco DNA Center platform. All of these APIs allow us to get access to, uh, let's say, uh, health information regarding clients or network devices or locations. It allows us to automate workflows that uh, maybe we are very familiar to use the UI to, let's say, uh, do a software upgrade. We have APIs that allow us uh, to perform exactly the same task, uh, but uh, using uh, programming languages, using infrastructure as code. The second component that is very important for uh, Cisco Data Center platform uh, is uh, event notifications. We have real-time event notifications. Uh, latest uh, software uh, for Cisco DNS Center supports about 200 events uh, to which we could subscribe using multiple channels. We could subscribe to the same, let's say, a routing adjacency down event uh, with uh, webhooks notifications, syslog. We can have multiple syslog or webhook notifications uh, sent out at the same time. We can send notifications to WebEx, PagerDuty, ITSM. Uh, we have a variety of different notification channels that are going to be available for all of our customers, for all of us to receive uh, again, uh, uh, awareness when we have issues that are recognized by Cisco DNS Center. There was another very important component for Cisco DNS Center platform is, and try uh, touch on these uh, integrations. We have out of the box a number of 
different integrations that are uh, available for all of us to use. Uh, for example, I mentioned we, we have event notifications with PagerDuty, we have uh, integrations with Splunk, we just recently published this. Uh, we have event notifications to send to other communication channels. We have an ITSM integration out of the box with ServiceNow. Uh, however, all of these events, uh, REST APIs, of course, the out-of-the-box integrations are available for our customers to customize, also build their own custom integration. So we, we receive a lot of requests, a lot of interest. Hey, I would like to build an integration with a platform that maybe Cisco DNS Center doesn't have an out-of-the-box integration. We can build uh, those integrations. It's not very difficult to build an integration from Cisco DNS Center to any third-party platform. And we have a different number of architectural options that we presented over time uh, of what is the right choice for any customer that is looking to build an integration with a third-party platform. So let, let's maybe make this a little bit more specific for some of these people that might have DNA Center. And so I, I had actually, I, I, I was... I mentioned uh, in our prep call that, you know, I'd actually seen one of the demos that you did in 2018, so almost four years ago at, at a partner summit, where you were using DNA Center, right, to basically identify, I think your use case was like if somebody had a duplicate loopback or a router ID or a duplicate IP address, right? So definitely a, a pretty common problem that network engineers face, right? Oops, I put the wrong IP in. And so your demo you know, you would basically put in a duplicate IP and all of a sudden DNA Center would recognize that and open up a ServiceNow ticket, right? Where it would, you know, it, to my, like it's been a few years, but but where it would attach a copy of the config and show who made the, the changes. And if I recall, you could actually like execute commands right from the ServiceNow ticket, right? Can, can you maybe tell us you know, a, a, you know, either expand on that or, or tell us about some other integrations that you've seen using the these APIs that are published and, and how does it make an organization more efficient? Uh, thank you, Liam. So yes, the that demo from four years ago, it's probably still operational somewhere in my labs, but uh, that demo was built on what exactly I mentioned, a, not an out-of-the-box integration, but on an integration app that uh, was basically collecting information from Cisco DNS Center, understanding the compliance deviation violation, and creating incidents in ServiceNow. That uh, type of workflow could be implemented by any customers. And I'll give you uh, some examples of what we see from uh, asks from uh, customers today. Uh, uh, of course, compliance and configuration drifting, deviation from standards is a very high topic uh, of very high interest for every customer. I don't know if there is one customer today any one of us that do not care about compliance. So we do have today out of the box a number of uh, compliance checks and violations that uh, we've uh, basically, Cisco DNS Center will validate if we have any, let's say, P-certs or a, a running configuration versus startup configuration or a change for a fabric or profiles. We have a number of those compliance checks that are available. And those are available both from a UI perspective, but also from an API perspective. Uh, we can uh, automate a process, and this is a real use case from a customer. We can automate a process where I'm going to call Cisco DNA Center to validate what are the devices that are compliant, uh, what are the compliance violations, and identify if I need to remediate any of those violations that I identify. 
We use those APIs that are out of the box available readily today. However, from a customer point of view, there might be other compliance checks that are not available with Cisco DNS Center. And for example, I want to validate the entire running configuration of a device that matches my standard, my golden standard, or maybe snippets of those configurations. Uh, uh, let's say because we speak about routing or duplicated IP address, I want to validate some of those tasks that maybe are not part of the uh, included features or APIs available in Cisco Data Center. So we can build an entire workflow automation that will read the running configuration from devices uh, or uh, identify snippets of those configurations and look at maybe routing protocol. Is it configured exactly the way my uh, corporate uh, enterprise standard is? Uh, do I have any violations? Do I identify anything uh, that um, doesn't match what my expectation is. Uh, we have another use case that I presented Tech Field Day that does exactly what you mentioned, uh, the uh, use case from a few years back where it would automate the process to roll back some of the identified uh, changes uh, from a network perspective. This use case that I presented Tech Field Day is using the APIs, the compliance APIs, but also it will identify what changed from a configuration point of view and uh, we'll create an Ansible playbook that is dynamically created for the configuration change that was identified for the device that needs to be configured for the Cisco DNS Center that uh, we identify that manages that device. And all the network engineer needs to do is to download that playbook, run it in their Ansible environment, and it will remediate uh, what we identify as a configuration change. So these kind of workflows are extremely powerful because they will save time. And uh, for example, in this case, I could completely automate the entire rollback. I don't need a network engineer to actually decide I'm going to execute this playbook. I can automate that entire workflow if customers are interested in that, but it will save time. It will really avoid errors because that's the other part is a lot of times I know I am guilty of this. I'm going in my lab, I'm starting to configure some devices and I realize, well, it's not the device I should have configured. Now I have a much bigger problem that I need to deal with. Uh, with APIs, with programmability, with automation, we can uh, limit the number of errors we make uh, and we can build in the process the option to roll back what um, maybe wasn't the desired outcome. Hey, G Gabi, I, I hate to interject, but don't we have some exciting news about DNA Center and Ansible to uh, share with everyone? <laughs> we do. Yes, very good. So, uh, yes, uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, we had um, our Ansible collection. Uh, it was uh, Red Hat certified. Uh, about uh, a month ago now, it's almost, well, it's a little over a month, we got the certification uh, from the Ansible community. And I believe starting with last week, uh, we are starting to actually see the Cisco DNA Center Ansible collection being uh, included with any Ansible installation. So our customers, all of us, when we will install Ansible in the future, we will have the Cisco DNA Center modules, the plugins, everything uh, ready for us to use. Of course, we still can do software upgrades if we want to upgrade the collection. We still can do the installation uh, manually if we need in the future. But uh, right now, we are uh, Red Hat and Ansible Community Certified, which um, Jose is very familiar with this process. It has been a, a great 
effort, a very sustained effort for over a year. Uh, we are very happy to actually have now uh, both certifications uh, that will, will really demonstrate the capability of the Cisco DNS Center Ansible collection. Uh, there is another component of this, Shai, that uh, we are starting to produce some intent Ansible modules and add them to the collection. Uh, for the first one that will be added will be a plug and play module where the entire workflow that will require maybe four or five different API calls uh, or different modules to be used to automate that workflow. We are going to uh, create some of these intent modules uh, that will be readily available for any developers, for any network engineers to consume. That will be an end-to-end uh, workflow uh, basically with only one module. Let, let me say, great job. Uh, congratulations on, on the certification. That's that's awesome news. Um, I heard you say uh, app integrations. I heard you say Ansible. Um, what are the options to start automating your, your DNA center? What, how can we start our automation or DevOps journey? Uh, thank you, Michael. So the, I'll share a little bit my experience because I'm a network engineer. Maybe most of our audience um, is part, basically most of us are probably network engineers. So I think it's very important to identify that uh, we need to become comfortable to use APIs to use uh, code uh, to interact with Cisco DNS Center or any network infrastructure. Uh, there are different options we have as network engineers to get started. Of course, developer.cisco.com is where we invested uh, from a business unit point of view, but also Cisco invested a lot of resources to build labs and sandboxes. For example, if you do not have a Cisco DNS Center in your lab or you don't have the right version in your lab, you can reserve a free sandbox, you can reserve it for a few hours, uh, maybe longer, uh, and you run your own developer uh, tools, you, you build your own automation workflow. So uh, we have a number of labs, we have uh, learning tracks, we have events, we have, you can join a, an event for two days and learn about Cisco DNS Center APIs, about REST APIs, about Python, JSON, everything that you need to do to get started with APIs. Uh, the other part is, on DevNet, we have the API documentation as well. So the API documentation is available on Cisco DNS Center platform. Uh, anytime you access Cisco DNS Center, you have the option to go to the developer toolkit and access the API documentation. Uh, the API documentation is available on DevNet. That is for most of the network engineers. Now for developers, what we have done uh, we uh, developed uh, some very robust, um, let's say the C uh, Python SDK we started about three years ago. Uh, we ta already talked about Ansible. We have an extended uh, recently, we extended the coverage with the Terraform provider. So we have a lot of different resources uh, with very good market adoption, with a very high interest from developers. And that will enable the other uh, half of our teams, which are the developers to really build automations, to build integrations, to uh, really uh, partner with the network engineers uh, to manage network infrastructure in a different way using code. One thing I want to highlight is that there's a lot of code actually published by Gavi and others in GitHub. So there's a lot of scripts, Ansible playbooks, things like that, that um, both developers and network engineers can actually use to not start from scratch. Because a lot of the time, the problems that you have, it's 
it's difficult uh, for you to figure out where to start or how to do it or anything like that. Gabby and again and others have published a lot of code in GitHub. There's a couple of repositories that probably will be shared as part of the show notes uh, where you can get a lot of information about uh, scripts, simple playbooks, guides, tutorials of how to get started doing programmability on top of DNA Center. Use it like a kind of stack exchange where, where we copy and paste all the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that brings up a good question. Do, do you need to be a, a full-time developer? I mean, because I have a day job and, and it, it doesn't, I mean, I don't write code all day long. So how, how is a, as a network person, can I take advantage of this? I would say no and yes. And it depends. I mean, if for those of us that are network engineers that want to really become developers and do 100% only uh, what a developer does, use DevOps tools, and we'll speak a little bit more about some of these tools. But uh, if that's what we want, sure, we, we certainly, there is a lot of value in preserving all of our networking skills and really bringing those skills to the developer community. But what I would say, most of us need to be comfortable with infrastructure as code, with the concepts, with the developer tools, the DevOps tools that our partners, the developers are using. And we need to understand what actually an application might do uh, from a network management point of view. We don't need necessarily all of us to be very good at coding. Uh, I do, personally do not consider myself a very good developer, but in every interaction with other developers, including within Cisco, because I've worked with our engineering to develop features, and most of the conversations have been very similar with what we will have as network engineers in your organizations. Uh, it, I want to show them what I would like to work with them on, do a proof of concept, show them the APIs that need to be used, the workflow, and then the developers can build production-ready uh, applications and automation tools that we can use in our organizations. I don't think we need all of us to become developers. Guy, quick question, because you already mentioned like Python, Ansible, Terraform. If I want to use, let's say, other programming languages like JavaScript or Java or Ruby, is that something I can do with the Cisco DNA Center platform APIs or I'm only just restricted to Python and Ansible, stuff like that? Jose, so no, the, obviously any programming language, we are agnostic. It doesn't matter to us what is the programming language of choice uh, that our customers use. And uh, for example, even some of our automations that we build within Cisco DNA Center may use different programming languages. It, they may be built uh, using Python or JavaScript. There are different options. And especially if we look at uh, some customers are interested, uh, we go back to ServiceNow to the ITSM integration. Some of our customers are interested. I would like to start an automation from ServiceNow. I'm going to create a change request and I want to start, a, let's say, an access point provisioning or provisioning a new device in ServiceNow. And that's where the workflow will start. However, the implementation will be using Cisco Data Center REST APIs. That automation will be written in JavaScript. So we do, even if we do not have a library for JavaScript or Ruby. Uh, we have a, a, a Go SDK that I didn't mention, but uh, certainly uh, any programming language is available for our customers. Uh, at the end of the day, the common interface that they will use 
are the REST APIs. So the programming language, Cisco Data Center doesn't really care what is your programming language that you are going to write the automation or the integration in when uh, calls are being made to Cisco DNA Center, REST API calls. So if you're just getting going, what would be like a good example of like the, 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 the DNA Center kind of hello world application, something that you could do without needing, you know, a ServiceNow instance or, or something like, what would you recommend? I mean, if an organization has DNA Center and, and, and you're talking to a network engineer that wants to try out some of this programmability work, what would you recommend that they do? Liam, the, I, my experience was when I started learning about APIs and coding, because I really wanted to change from a core route switch type of network engineer, systems engineer to more of a software focus. So I, I started like a lot of our, probably um, the, the engineers listening to this podcast will start in the same way. I'm going to grab one, two, I actually purchased three Python books and I started to read them. And then I realized, well, this is not really useful for me and it's hard and doesn't really create value. So then what I decided was, well, maybe I should change the approach. And I started to look, can I actually automate something? Can I do write a, uh, an application that will do something for me that actually is useful? And that's when I started to actually get a, a lot more traction with my learning and really development uh, uh, skills. And that's where uh, it was very easy at that point. It's like, I see it's, I don't need to know everything that Python or any programming language uh, can do from a developer point of view. I need to know enough to do what I need. So what I would say is for uh, the audience, start with something that you can actually use in your organization. So device inventory is a very good uh, use case. Uh, all of us need accurate, real-time device inventory. What are the devices that are managed by Cisco DNA Center, software versions, roles, locations, uh, topology, if you are interested. Uh, everything that we need to learn about the entire network that is managed by Cisco DNA Center, we can use APIs to collect that information. So that is very useful for all of us. Uh, those uh, the device inventory can be imported in asset management uh, platforms, could be imported in a lot of different automation tools. And uh, it doesn't take more than maybe a handful of API calls to collect uh, an entire managed uh, inventory from Cisco DNA Center in a matter of a few minutes. So I have, I guess, kind of looking just beyond just API, but like pulling back a little bit. And I mean, uh, we have a lot of just amazing features within DNA Center, but what about the thought of using it uh, for network management potentially as headless or, or, or really uh, embracing upon the notion of SDN and using it as a controller? We are seeing in the last probably couple of years, a lot of customers asking exactly this. Um, I have multiple Cisco DNA Center clusters. I may have a lab. I have multiple Cisco DNA Center clusters around the world. Uh, I want to interact with Cisco DNA centers, no matter which cluster where it is, with uh, in the same way. I want to be very consistent uh, across my uh, the, the entire infrastructure, the way I, let's say, manage devices, the naming conventions, location names, workflow automations. I want to be able to scale to multiple clusters and uh, multiple engineers would have access to this infrastructure. We want to be very consistent, no matter which 
network engineer will configure, let's say, a new site or add devices to the inventory. We need to be very, very consistent. So uh, we are seeing a lot of interest in the last few years where customers are asking exactly this. We do not want to use the UI for most of the features of Cisco DNS Center. If I want to create a new site, if I want to create, let's say, a fabric, if I want to run compliance checks, if I want to uh, do a plug and play uh, workflow, if I want to do software upgrades, if uh, about anything can be automated with APIs, and then we can scale very easy, uh, easily across multiple very large environments or multiple clusters that could be geographically diverse. And just to elaborate on that, I think for me, that's the value with using Cisco DNA Center because you have that controller that allows you to actually do operations over the network. Again, let's go back to uh, what Gabby was mentioning a while ago about doing device inventory. It's hard if you have to go to every single device to actually capture the information. You just leave it for DNA Center to do it and you go ahead and actually talk to DNA Center and gather that information. The other thing that I've seen with uh, Cisco DNA Center for the past few years is the evolution of going from, I don't know, in version one to eight or something like that. It was a little bit conservative. It's like you could only like pull information from the network and not really push anything into the network, not really configure the network. Now with 400 plus APIs, there's a lot of operations that you've seen actually that Cisco DNA Center can actually do uh, in the network, like so, not only can you actually get the information, but using your own automation, your own logic, your own stuff, you can actually go ahead and push that. And with that, Gavit, can you actually elaborate on the support that you have? Because that actually brings us to the infrastructure as code realm, right? So, can you elaborate then on what you're doing with Ansible and Terraform and those kind of tools around? Uh, infrastructure as code. Yes, Jose, and you are very familiar with a lot of these efforts. <laughs> uh, Jose is a great partner for us, and um, I, I'm going to have a question uh, very soon for you, Jose. But uh, one thing that we've done, all of these libraries, the Python SDK, Go SDK, Ansible, Terraform provider, and not only this, and I'm going to add a couple more, uh, we, we published an open source integration with Jenkins. Uh, we publish an open source integration with Splunk. A lot of the development that we've done, uh, for example, a lot of this uh, was done together with uh, Altus. Uh, we uh, support them on GitHub and that allows us first to be very responsive. We will actually sometimes, uh, let's say if we identify there's a bug uh, that we need to fix in one of these libraries, we can do it maybe some days I've seen even same day or next day where we uh, publish a new uh, library. Uh, we publish quite frequently updates to the libraries based on enhancements, on features, on bug fixes, or on the feedback that we receive from the community, from the developers that are using these libraries. Uh, it is equally important to, to understand that a lot of what we are seeing now, we are going to uh, really continue to build tools for infrastructure as code. Like I, I mentioned Jenkins. Uh, this is a very important uh, effort that we um, basically publish an open uh, source integration with Jenkins to show developers 
you can use other tools to interact with Cisco DNS Center, tools that they are familiar. Uh, does it mean that it has to be only Jenkins? Absolutely not. There are so many different platforms, uh, CICD platforms. Uh, maybe some customers want to use only the continuous development uh, deployment, and that's what we do in Cisco DNS Center. Uh, all of these tools they are very comfortable with from a developer point of view can be uh, extended to use the Cisco DNS Center REST APIs. Shai earlier told us about the different um, personas that are available within the, the DevOps, well, the, the yeah, DevOps world. We've got the DevOps persona, we've got the AIOps persona, we've got the SecOps persona. Um, are those capabilities, and specifically those I, uh, AIOps and the SecOps uh, personas, are they also available using the APIs uh, from uh, DNA Center. Yeah, so absolutely. The the everything I, I mentioned from a Cisco DNA Center platform, we have APIs. Let's say uh, we build an integration with Splunk, where we are collecting uh, uh, data, network health, client health, uh, information regarding security vulnerabilities. We are collecting a lot of that information that is available on Cisco DNA Center, and we publish it on a platform that is an AIOps platform and allows, uh, let's say, executives, allows uh, SecOps teams, allows uh, other teams that may not have access to Cisco DNA Center to get access to this data. Uh, now they would have dashboards where they will uh, see real-time data that is collected from one or multiple Cisco DNA Center clusters. So as long as we have an API available, for different capabilities, different features that customers need to uh, use with Cisco Data Center, then we can absolutely uh, extend uh, the capabilities of Cisco Data Center to other personas. Uh, you, you were saying as long as we have an API available, are there any things we should consider in, in automating our network? Is uh, Are there current gaps that we should take into account? Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, we still have some gaps. So not everything 100% that we have on Cisco DNS Center from a UI perspective is available from uh, to be consumed uh, using an API. So we have some gaps. Um, we uh, When we started the journey, for example, the first Python SDK, we had around 160 APIs, maybe 150 APIs. That was the first uh, library we published uh, with Altus with Jose about three years ago. Uh, now we are probably close to 400 or maybe for over 400 APIs. So with every software version, we are going to add more APIs and we are going to close this gap. But for both APIs and event notifications, there are still some gaps as far as not everything we have uh, to uh, basically uh, from a uh, UI, from a uh, graphical user interface point of view might not be available with an API. We can find that in the API documentation. Yeah, so the API documentation uh, gives us, um, that's where you will be able to find if we have an API that is uh, supporting a specific uh, feature. Uh, most of the, I would say, uh, we have a large number of workflows that can be 100% automated. We have 100% APIs for everything. So uh, you're not gonna have, uh, let's say gaps for most common tasks that have been very mature for some time and even the APIs have not changed at all since we released them. And that's another aspect that we, we need to briefly make a comment. 
we will do everything we can not to change any APIs from a version to version. Uh, there are very few cases where an API may change uh, if we create an enhancement and very few APIs that we deprecated uh, since we released the platform. But uh, for the developers that are looking to build applications using Cisco Data Center APIs, those APIs are pretty stable. They will, uh, with very few, uh, in very, very few situations, uh, they have not changed. So uh, code, like uh, Liam, you mentioned a, a sample, uh, like a proof of concept I did four years ago, by and large, probably the same APIs that I used at that time to collect information regarding the device, the health of the device, running configuration of the device, the same APIs are unchanged even now, almost four years later. So we, we've talked about some of the, the, the inventory and sort of like overall assurance, right? And we've talked about some DevOps things that we can do. What about the security side of it? What what integra what what SecOps integrations can be done with DNA Center and, and how does that benefit an organization? So the from a SecOps point of view, of course I, I touched a little bit on the compliance aspects. We we have APIs to run compliance checks and identify P certs vulnerabilities that may impact a device. And that's very important. We can very quickly again few API calls uh, we can uh, list all the security vulnerabilities that will impact any device that is managed by Cisco Data Center. Or, or even if I want, I can uh, use, uh, we published in the Splunk integration, we have a security uh, advisories dashboard where uh, it is very easy for any uh, user of Splunk to uh, select, uh, hey, give me all the security vulnerabilities for this device. Or if I know a security vulnerability, I want to know what are the devices that are impacted by that one. So that that is one aspect. I think uh, when we look at SecOps, it is obviously more than this. Um, do I have all the, uh, again, configurations that will harden the device? Do I really, um, am I staying compliance, compliant from a network de uh, device point of view from a network management point of view with what is your policy. So uh, definitely that will be uh, another, uh, there is, there are workflows that could be developed using APIs uh, to identify if maybe uh, we are not staying compliant or maybe we are deploying devices that are not uh, really uh, having the configurations that we expect. Of course, the other aspect is uh, out-of-date uh, images running on devices. Uh, we can, uh, again, with APIs, uh, it's very simple to identify what are the devices that do not uh, actually uh, run the golden image that is defined for that device, for the role of the device at a specific location. And we can automate the entire process to do the software upgrades. So what's the best way for somebody to get started and learn, to start doing this and, and get some exposure to it? I would say my my recommendation is uh, learn a little bit about Cisco Data Center REST APIs, a little bit about REST APIs, uh, uh, going to developer.cisco.com. Uh, we publish there, for example, on Cisco uh, DNA Center, we have a portal. Uh, we have about, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 different use cases. There are tutorials that have been developed. They are great tutorials, step-by-step. Step. 
you need to call this API first to get your auth token. Then you call this API and this is how you need to build your API request. And then this is what the response would look like. And then you parse this information and you make another API call. So that is a very good way for those of us that are not comfortable with coding, they are intimidated to actually learn through those tutorials. And uh, it, it doesn't take, uh, the learning curve, it might be a little bit difficult at the very beginning, but run some code, uh, Jose mentioned. There is a lot of code we publish, part of the Cisco Enterprise Networking Programmability Organization. There is a lot of code on code exchange, automation exchange. Uh, pick up some code and run it in your lab. Uh, first, of course, start with read only, don't, attempt to write uh, to your Cisco Data Center platform and see what that code does. And you are going to see uh, all the network engineers listening. You are going to see that this is a lot more fun. It's a lot easier and it's a lot easier than a lot of the things we've done as network engineers in the past. Uh, also, the other part is, um, and sometimes I'm kind of joking, but it's not really a joke. We as engineers, we want to build things. We want to really develop new networks and new innovate and create new workflows and really do things not necessarily different, but better. And a lot of us as network engineers over time, we are not doing that. We are doing a network design every three, four years, or maybe every two years, and we kind of repeat the same design, and we are doing a lot more network management and operations and less of really being able to innovate. With APIs, you will get back a lot of innovation capabilities. You will be able to build your workflows that meet your business requirements and really do things differently, better, faster. Uh, you can share this experience uh, with your peers uh, and really change from an organization point of view, uh, how to really change to better take advantage of all the new capabilities. And, and, and I have a question for you guys. What do you see as a change uh, with the adoption of APIs in your organizations? What do you see both the skills that you need individually to build, but how do you uh, work, uh, change workflows in your organizations? Because I think a lot of our audience will probably have similar experiences or will go in the same journey as you guys are. I think one of the main ch changes that I've seen is initially how the conversation changes between network engineers and developers. Because uh, it's not like the network engineer has to know how to pro program or develop something, but they need to be aware that there's an API out there that can do that, that there's tools out there that developers can leverage to actually do something. So maybe, and this is what I've seen in my organization, maybe the network engineer identifies which API needs to be used or maybe actually get some of the code that you said that it's published on GitHub and runs that code and say, yeah, this definitely works as a proof of concept. Now we just need to change that to actually make it ready for production or to actually better suit that customer workflow. So, um, but that helps both the developer and the network engineer to have a common language. They can figure out, okay, here's a common language. Here's what the use case that we'll be talking about, here's the APIs that we have to use. The network engineer can provide a small script as a proof of concept, and then uh, they can definitely have that conversation with the developers to actually check its production. So that's honestly, in my organization, that's been the change for the past 
I don't know, four to five years, something like that. Yeah, for for us within our organization, we see we primarily have the issue for um, well shortage of staff, uh, both for ourselves as our customers. So uh, automation is is key to be able to manage even bigger, more complex uh, networks. And of course, DNA Center uh, is at the heart of many of those. Um, so that that's that's what we see in in the market here. And I, I think it boils down to that people just don't want to keep doing. I mean, humans aren't robots, right? People don't want to keep doing the same repetitive tasks, pulling reports. And I think by having these platforms, that significantly helps. I mean, it, it, and and you you basically you purchase or, or or you you leverage DNA Center, and you get that right out of the box. That's continuously upgraded or updated. And and an organization doesn't have to invest in in doing that themselves. So I think that that's the, I think that's how we're we're really seeing API just transform transform things. I, I agree, and, and I think you guys touch on like the change from the communication between the network engineers and the developers uh, shortage. Uh, we all experience in our organizations. We don't have enough skilled engineers to complete all the work that we we need. Uh, and that's common for all of us, uh, no matter which organization we work for. So uh, with APIs, we can adopt some of the tools that developers use for years. For example, I mentioned GitHub. I can use GitHub to document my scripts. Obviously, it's very easy, my applications. But what if we can actually describe the configurations of what we want uh, to deploy the intent configuration we want to deploy to devices as code. Then I can host it on GitHub and now I have all the software version in control and who is allowed to change application, who is allowed to change the templates and profiles and the intent, uh, for example, that I want to, well, for example, I want to configure a software-defined access uh, fabric. I want to create the fabric, the VMs. I want to create everything uh, with APIs. Uh, can I document that as code? Absolutely. And then I can start to use some of the other tools that developers I already mentioned, GitHub, CICD pipelines. I have access now to use a lot of the other tools that developers are using for many years, but for network management, for network provision, network automation. And that's the power where now we will save the time for the repetitive task, the one that uh, take us uh, might take us two hours or we do it every week. Might not be necessarily a long task, but we do it every week enough uh, that we basically don't want to do it by hand anymore. We want to automate that to really find more time for what is really important for those uh, tasks that we need to do as network engineers. Uh, the, the ones that we can automate, we should all automate uh, easily today. And now that you mentioned that, I, I definitely like that. It's not only for the operations or the networking team to actually uh, like integrate or use the Cisco DNA Center platform APIs, but also there's a strong push for developers and enable developers. You already do, mentioned doing stuff with GitHub. You already mentioned doing stuff with Jenkins. So those are tools that developers feel more comfortable with that they're already using in their day-to-day -to, -day to actually push code to production and things like that. And now it's good that they can also use those tools to interact with the network, which is not common. And it's not, um, maybe they don't even know that they can do it, but 
now they can actually go to GitHub, obviously with some scripting and rest and using the rest APIs and all of that, but they have some examples of how they can use GitHub to deploy stuff to the network, or they can use Jenkins to actually make changes to the network. So that actually brings me the whole story back. So we have the network engineers that can do the REST APIs and do operations with it, but also we have the developers that can use their own tools to actually make changes to the network or gather information from the network. So that that's definitely exciting because uh, it closes the whole loop for the operations teams and the developer team as well. Yeah, and I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture of a different workflow. And this was part of the Cisco Live session, but it's also part of what I'm receiving feedback from a lot of uh, our customers. And that is, for example, as a network engineer, I want to create an intent. This is how I want, let's say, a fabric to be configured uh, in my infrastructure. Once as a network engineer, I define the intent, let's say it's a YAML file, I will push it to GitHub, uh, to a repo, then uh, with GitHub Actions or maybe checking that repo uh, when it is updated, an automation tool, in my case, I was using Jenkins, will identify uh, there is a new fabric that I uh, that automation tool will need to configure on the infrastructure. And literally in a few minutes, uh, without me as a network engineer touching Cisco DNA Center, without any interaction except uh, publishing a new file and, uh, that describes the intent of creating a fabric on Cisco DNA Center on GitHub, in a few minutes I will have a fabric configured according with the specifications on the Cisco DNS Center uh, that uh, will manage those devices. I will have a fabric, devices added to the fabric, the, the role of the devices, the entire configuration. So us as network engineers partnering with developers, we can absolutely build some of these automations. Uh, and we're not far. We This is available today as a proof of concept, again, uh, don't use it in production. Go and work with the developers in your organizations to build it for production. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll answer that very quickly. Uh, for example, we we've seen we've seen the Python SDK. We had even as high as sixteen hundred or seventeen hundred downloads for the Python SDK uh, per month. Uh, in average, for the last probably two years, we had uh, over a thousand downloads every month for the Python SDK. Uh, Ansible, we have uh, probably about over 4,000 downloads now. Uh, and with Terraform, uh, we have seen in the last probably couple of months uh, a, a large number of uh, downloads. So we know the adoption in the market is there. Uh, we can see a lot of these downloads, not only when we release a new software version for the libraries, uh, a new version for all the libraries, we see this very consistent use of uh, a lot of these libraries. And um, we are seeing now with interaction with customers that they uh, share with us uh, proof of concepts and workflows that use these libraries, which means it's not only for the lab, uh, they are really starting to adopt these libraries in production for their uh, automation uh, journeys. Awesome, lots of opportunity there. All right, there you go. Another phenomenal episode in the books. To our listeners, check out the show notes below uh, for links to relevant resources. And of course, your weekly reminder, please subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform so you can receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week. 